Welcome to Real Life Real Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real-life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy-to-implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, all right. Welcome back to Real Life Real Equity Podcast with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. We are super excited about our guest today. The man today needs no introduction. He is a successful real estate investor. He loves training and coaching the psychology of success to aspiring real estate investors and entrepreneurs. And he can train and coach virtually any business, having grown over 24 businesses in his lifetime. His rags to riches story is truly compelling, and his experience involves both remarkable triumphs and spectacular failures, which he affectionately calls seminars. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you today our guest, Mr. Rod Khalif. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Glad hey guys. to be here. Let's have some fun today. Absolutely. I'm excited. So... We were just talking a little bit about your story before we came on the air, and um, I'm really excited because it's a really big deal to us to talk about the transparency behind entrepreneurship. A lot of people don't talk about that a lot. So you gave us a little tidbit, a little inkling into what your story is. Talk to us a little bit about how you got started in entrepreneurship, how you got started in business, and just kind of take us down that road. Sure, sure, sure. I immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, my mother, Svancha. We came in from Holland, actually, and I ended up in Denver where we lived for about 30 years. And I I will tell you, we did not have much, okay? We, you know, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army literally all the way through junior high school until I got a job and could buy my own clothes. And, you know, we ate expired food because it was, it was less money. We, you know, we, my mom gave us powdered milk because she thought milk was healthy at the time. And I, I will say this, I know that there, there, I'm sure there are listeners that had it much harder than we did, but I knew I wanted more. And mm. my mom had an incredible work ethic. So we had enough money. She would babysit kids. So we had a house full of kids all the time and she would babysit kids. And with her babysitting money, when I was 14, she bought the house across the street from us uh, for about $30,000. Now, when I was 17, she told me it had gone up $20,000 in her sleep, that it had just gone up in value. I'm like, what? I'm getting into real estate. So, you know, I'm at screw college. I'm going straight to real estate. And so I got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, which you could do back then with education. They finally got smart and you have to have some experience now. But I was a broker when I turned 18. Oh, wow. And yeah, fast forward to today, I've now owned over 2,000 houses that I rented long term I in uh, multiple apartment complexes. I've actually built 24 businesses. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. Oh um, now, there's a punchline, though. I, I will tell you, you know, when, when you have a year like that, uh, I mean, if you want to do the math on it, it's about $8,300 an hour for the year on a 40-hour work week, which, of course, I did. And I, I got a head so big I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a real estate god. And, you know, when that happens with someone, it's not, it's not uncommon for God or the universe or whatever you believe to give you a smackdown. Well, my smackdown happened in 2008 and 2009. I actually lost that $17 million and a whole lot more. I, I had what I call a $50 million seminar. Wow. And I call it a seminar because it's a learning experience. 
it's only a failure if you don't get back up or you don't get the lessons. And I definitely got back up and I got the lessons, but uh, it was a very, very painful experience. I, you know, cause I thought I was set for life. So very, very humbling. And, you know, on my podcast and at my live events, I, I spend a lot of time talking about mindset and psychology, like yeah. I know you guys do on your show, because it, it's, it's really my belief that 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. Only about 10 to 20% is the entrepreneurship, the, the business development, the real estate information, the technical knowledge. You know, I'm happy if you guys would like, I'm happy to talk about the mindset that I had to adopt to, to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then really what it took to come back from that thinking I was set for life. I have to say, I mean, you went from, you had a $17 million gain in one year, seemingly overnight, and then you lose 50 million. I definitely am interested in learning about the psychology it takes to getting there. And then I know once you get there, I hear this a lot when it comes to, uh, like high net worth individuals, once they get to that level of, of income, they're really worried about losing it and to lose it and then come back. That's really, it's a testament to who you are. So yes, well, I'm definitely you. interested. No, that's kind, kind of you to say that. I mean, you know, you look, you look at some of these historical stories about like 1929, the great depression, and there were people jumping out of buildings. Yes. yes. You know, luckily I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I can explain you know, I was blessed to be in an environment that protected me a little bit. And I'll explain as I get go through my story a little bit. But I think the big overarching secret, or it's really not a secret, but strategy was the fact that I knew what I wanted. And more importantly, I knew why I wanted it. So what I do at my live events and with my coaching students is I take them through a goal setting workshop and I can explain it in about three or four minutes. Let me do that. So guys, if you're listening and you have the ability to take a couple notes, I think you'll be glad you did, or maybe you re replay this. What you want to do is you want to pick an hour when you have lots of energy. Okay. You don't do it you know, after a big meal, you make sure you're well hydrated, but then you literally sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. Okay. So all the stuff, you write the stuff down, you know, where do you want to houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, whatever it is, how much money do you want in the bank in say three years? How much do you want in the bank in say 10 years? How much cash flow do you want from your, either your entrepreneurship endeavors or your real estate investments, you know, in a few years? And then how much do you want in say 10 years? Keep writing and, and take the lid off your brain, guys. If you're listening, don't, don't limit yourself. There's truly nothing you can't do, be, or have. You just have to make a decision. And, you know, think big. Like, for example, if you want a private jet or you want a yacht or you want a private island, whatever it is, don't limit yourself. You know, I remember back when I was 18, I always, I, I, we lived in Denver, and I, but I knew I wanted to live on the beach, and there's no beach in Denver. And I, you know, I had pictures in my room of palm trees and beach, and I just thought they were so beautiful. And, and I always wanted to live there. And, you know, 20 years later, I built this 10,000 square foot, $8 million house on the beach. It was spectacular. And, and it was unthinkable when I was 18, though, but I still was like, you know, that's what I want. And so, right. guys, don't limit yourself. And then once you can't think of anything else from a stuff standpoint or a cat, you know, financial standpoint, write down what you want to do in your lifetime. You know, maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to climb a mountain. I've got a friend that's climbing every giant mountain in the, in the world. You know, maybe you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane like I did a few months ago, which I will never do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, whatever it is, you know, write that stuff down too. You know, like your bucket list, things of things to do, not just the stuff. And then 
When you're done with that, write down what you want to learn in this lifetime. Me, I want to learn how to play the drums. I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. Um, you know, I've got a drum set over in one of the buildings here where I live now. And, you know, I don't still don't know what end of the sticks to use yet, but I'm going to learn how to play those drums. And, and, you know, so, so, so write down what you want to learn. And then lastly, write down who you want to help. I bought my parents a house here on a canal in Florida when, when, they, when my dad was still alive. I took them on cruises, bought them a car. You know, who do you want to do things for? Write that down because we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. So use this because it's fuel. And then once you're done, can't think of another thing, then they're just a dream or a wish at this point. You need to put a timeline on each one. So put how many years on each one of those goals it's going to take you to achieve it. So put a one, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20. Like I said, you know, when I was 18, building that house on the beach was unthinkable. But see, as human beings, we, we regularly overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, or even 20 years. So mm. put a number by each one of those goals and don't, and don't overthink it. You know, if you're analytical, don't, don't overthink it. Just, just put a number down. You, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Once you're done with that, I want you to pick your number one goal. And I mean, you know, if, if you got this goal, you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. That goal, put that goal on another piece of paper. Then I want you to also pick your top three one-year goals and put those on a separate sheet of paper and leave a little room in between them. Um, and, and I will tell you, at this point, you're ahead of just about everybody in the world. In fact, most people don't ever get this far. And, and people spend more time planning Christmas or a birthday party than they do designing their lives. And that's what yeah. you're doing here. You're yeah. designing your life. You've got your four goals on another sheet of paper and the goals will, will propel you. They'll pull you, push you, you know, they'll motivate you, but it's the reason why those goals are a must that are the, that are the really deep fuel. And so I want you to write a paragraph for each goal, why it's an absolute freaking must for you to achieve it. So I can show my, my, my wife, what success looks like, my husband, what success, looks like, my children, show my children how to be successful. So, you know, we can have freedom, freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, whatever it is for you, you know, and I'm going to advise you to use, use emotionally charged words. Words are incredibly powerful. So use words like incredible and magnificent and amazing and beautiful because they're so powerful. And again, this is the fuel. This is the fuel to get you up early in the morning, to help you stay up late at night. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's what it's going to take to work on the weekends if you have to. Um, whatever it takes, this is the fuel. So once you've written positive reasons why you have to achieve these goals. They're a, they're a must. They're not a should. You know, we end up saying, you know, I, I should uh, spend more time with my children. I should work harder. I should save money. We end up shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> so make it, make it a must. Okay. And, and, and then once you can't think of another reason why I want you to put some pain in there, put some pain if you don't achieve the goals. So things like, so I don't live a life of regret. So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my children. So I don't fail my spouse. Make it painful because again, as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. So you want to use that. That's the fuel. You know, there was a nurse in Australia named Bronnie Ware and she counseled hospice patients at the end of their lives. And she asked them if they had any regrets. 
And she even wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dining. You want to know what the number one regret was, Justin and Keisha? Yes, it was absolutely. It was, it was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not living up to my potential. Guys, we don't want any freaking regrets, okay? So, yeah. so use this as the fuel. And then lastly, let me land the plane here with one thing here, and, and that is utilizing visualization. And let me give you some examples. Um, when Jim Carrey, the actor Jim Carrey, was flat broke, he wrote himself a check for for those of you that are millennials, checks are how we used to <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, he wrote himself a check for $10 million and and put on it for services rendered with a little smiley face. And he used to go up by the Hollywood sign, flat broke, and he, he would look at it and visualize cashing it. And that's how much money he made for his big, big first movie, Dumb and Dumber. Wow. And so, guys, and let me give you some of my personal examples. You know, when I was 18 and I got my real estate broker's license, I figured I was going to be showing people houses, okay? So I had to get a four-door car. So I got this bone-freaking-ugly four-door Granada, Ford Granada, bench seats <laughs> in the front. I mean, it was just the ugliest thing you've ever seen, but but I figured I had to have a four-door car. Well, I went and I worked with a guy who had a couple of Corvettes, and he let me drive one one time. And I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And, and, and I will tell you that experiential piece is really important. For example, I just went to the Fort Lauderdale boat show last week and, 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 and walked around and went inside and took pictures of fully immersed myself in yachts because I would love to one day either own a yacht or rent one in the Mediterranean and go all around Italy, Spain, Greece, Croatia, because mm-hmm. I, I recognize that experiential piece is so important. So guys, if you want a car, go test drive it. If you want a house, go visit an open house of a house like it. Experience it as much as you possibly can. What I did back then, the, 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 the internet hadn't even been thought of yet. I got a picture out of a magazine of a Corvette. I put it on the visor, taped it to the bottom of my visor in that, in that bone ugly Granada. And within a year or two, I had a beautiful Corvette. And I'll give you a couple more examples, but please know this is not me bragging. In fact, these things really don't interest me anymore, but they're great to hopefully inspire you or give you some experiential framework and, right. and, and fuel for your own lives. So Back then, there was a TV show called Magnum P.I. It was before you two were even born. <laughs> yeah, the, actor's yeah. name was, the actor's name was Tom Selleck, and he was a detective, but he drove this incredibly hot red Ferrari 308, and I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So I got a picture of that actual car and put it on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. And the oh, last, wow. example, last example is a car example as well. And I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. Okay. I, 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 back then I had posters, the Lamborghini Countach, which was the one that Mike Tyson bought for him and his wife. Mm-hmm. I think they were married about a week. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I, I'm the guy that had those. I had the, you know, the bikini girls and the soap and the washing the big, yeah, that was all, I had all that in my bedroom, but, 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 but what's crazy is my son collected models of, uh, exotic, uh, cars. He had about 40 and he had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up buying, wow. uh, which I ultimately wrecked. But, but anyway, so, so guys, pictures work. In fact, I've got pictures in the back of my planner here that I've had for 20 years. And what's crazy is I've got pictures of, you know, that, that look just like that house I built on the beach. I mean, literally just like it. And, wow. and, and on the same page, I've got pictures 
that, that looked just like the compound that I have now. I have this beautiful comp. I lost that house on the beach, by the way, you know, everyone having crashed and burned and I went through a divorce and all sorts of other pain, but I lost that house. But I live in a compound now and it's six buildings. I've got a giant main house. I've got a beautiful two bedroom guest house on the water. I've got an exercise facility. I've got a, a media center with a theater room and a, and a video studio above it. And I mean, I could go on and on. It's just spectacular. It's like a park. And because God's got a sense of humor, I can see my old house across the bay. On the, oh, it's right oh, across oh. my backyard. Oh, but anyway, wow. Yeah. But, um, but guys, pictures work. So, so just want to, well, want to stress that as, as, as the last piece there. So. Wow. So just to kind of recap for me, I, I took notes. I was taking notes. I've been, I'm on page two already. You talked about the four things. How much do you want? Make sure you list all of it. What do you want? Make sure you create a bucket list. What do you want to learn and who do you want to help? Yeah, but, 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 but clarity is power, Justin, you know, so it's very, you know, make those goals as clear and measurable and concise as you can, which is why it's also a good idea to regularly rethink them and rewrite them because they become more and more clear. The more clear they are, the faster you're going to get them, which is why I like pictures. So I've got vision boards now. I, I used to have one big vision board with everything on it. Now I've got vision boards for the things that, that I'm, that are important to me now, you know, they're right here by my desk and, uh, and because again, clarity is power. So when I'm, when I'm doing my morning meditation or prayer, you know, however you, you do it, you look at the pictures, you visualize, well, here's, let me give you two seconds what I do in the morning. Cause it'll, okay. it'll also sure. help in this, in this framework. Yes. So what I do is I just sit and I do gratitude. I'm just grateful for my beautiful bride, my children, my coaching students, my foundation, and I just do gratitude. And, and, and I mean, I, I really be, become grateful. And then what I, what I do is I'll look at the pictures of things that I want and I'll do gratitude for them as if I already have them. Thank you, God. Thank you. And sometimes I'll even get emotional being grateful for things I don't even have yet. So, so guys, I know this, I probably lost some of the analytical ones listening, but that would be a mistake, my friends, because this <laughs> stuff absolutely works. Gratitude is the most powerful emotion. It's foundational to everything. And when you utilize it to get the things that you want in life, it happens so much faster. So again, this is how I had 50 million to lose and in the first place. And this is how I got back to the success that I enjoy today. So this stuff absolutely works. It's very important, like you said, to set goals, goals, be alert when you're doing it, get away from all the noise and have the clarity that you need. And also, I mean, I'd never heard anybody say, write, rewrite your goals, write them, rewrite them so that you gain clarity as you rewrite them. We always hear write down your goals and then some of them you don't achieve and some of them you do. And then kind of just, you never hear that rewrite piece. Mm-hmm. So well, that it's, you gain it's, more it's again, guys, you know, focus is power and yeah. you can't really focus unless you have clarity That's and clarity right. is power. And so what, what brings these things into your life so much faster is that clarity. Like, right. I, again, I've got pictures. I'm looking at them right now above the monitor of, of yachts, beautiful pictures mm. that, that, that move me. I forget they're there sometimes, but they're in my subconscious. Mm, and, yeah. and then, again, I've got, I've got vision boards with, the, with other things that, that are important to me now. And, and then, again, that total immersion, again, where I went and, you know, sat on the bed in a yacht, sat at the desk, uh, you know, and, and, and really Im- imagine myself, you know, on the high seas floating around. And that's, you know, that may not be the best example, but when you do that, it happens so much faster. It's just crazy. Yeah. So 
No, and I'm a, I'm an analytic, so you know I, right. I appreciate you you really breaking this down because I'm thinking about this and I'm like, well, what happens when I don't remember that the pictures are there and I'm not focusing on? Yeah. So you hit that when you said you don't always remember they're there, but it's in no. your subconscious. You know, it's crazy. I, I I have again. I was talking about these pictures in the back of my book, and I've got I've got like ninety percent of the stuff here. I've got a picture of the Lamborghini before I ever got it, the Rolls Royce, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. This stuff really works. Don't shove this aside because, frankly, those of you that are analytical, this is more important than the technical stuff. It really is because you have to. You have this is the fuel. You have to yeah. actually take action. You know, right. my live events, most live events. Ninety percent of the people don't do a thing with the stuff they learn. The people that buy a course, they don't do a thing with it because they don't recognize that it's 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 ninety percent psychology. And so that's why I spend a lot of time on this when I teach because not on my watch, man. I want people to actually take action with what they learn. So. Right, right. So talk to us about how you came back because we heard the story, the psychology behind the success, the psychology right. of how you got there. That's a really important topic. Sure. Think- no, I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about it. And, and, and it'll be a little bit redundant, but, but, but I'll enhance it a little bit. And that is, it's so easy when you're going through a tough time and, and everybody goes through tough times in life. We have, you know, we have setbacks, we have failures, you know, out of the, you know, I've, I've told you, I've built 24 businesses, several have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. So, you know, where I got my butt kicked. So, so how do you push through these things? Of course I had the big one, the $50 million one, but I've had other ones, pretty large ones as well. How you push through them is you really manage your focus because as it's human nature to focus on what we don't want. You know, in fact, we get, we get reinforced for it. If you, if you meet somebody and they say, how you doing? You say, Oh my God, I'm freaking fantastic. Life is so amazing. They'll kind of back up and they'll get a little scared. Okay. If you meet someone and, and you, and they say, how are you? And you say, Oh God, I feel terrible. Oh man, my, my leg hurts. My, you know, my back hurts. They'll be, Oh, come here, come here. Let me hug you. Oh, I understand. You know, they'll give you support. Okay. It's, it's like human nature. So it's, it's easy when you're going through a tough time to focus on the tough time, but it's critical that you don't do that and you focus on what you want. So for example, if you're in debt and you want to get out of debt, don't even think the word debt, think money, think, how am I going to make money? A great example of this is mother Teresa. They asked her if she was anti-war and she said, no, I'm pro-peace. So, so focus is everything, guys. And that's how I was able to push through is not, you know, of course, I was under a rock for a couple of months. You know, you lose everything like that. It's not fun. I thought, you know, I thought 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold. I thought Florida was recession proof. Well, it was ground zero for it. So wow. the key was focusing on what I wanted, why I wanted it, which is why, you know, I try to share that goal setting exercise. But let me share one other thing. I built that house on the beach I was talking about. I mean, this, this place was magnificent, okay? 10,000 square feet, um, you know, there's a giant waterfall from the pool. I mean, really giant waterfall from the pool in, I'm sorry, from the second floor into the pool, second floor balcony into the pool. Another waterfall from the spa into the pool. I had, you know, tens of thousands of dollars with the trees that were bent and curved out over the pool. I mean, the pool was in magazines, it's spectacular. Wow. And, you know, the, the house had this giant spiral staircase that went up through the middle of it. I had... You know, tens, I don't remember how many, how much money I spent on the, on the balustrade that, that had brass balls and whimsical um, thing that went up around the staircase. But hey, this, I'll, I'll land the plane with this. On the second floor, I had 
an aquarium that was 20 feet long, 10 feet high. The aquarium cost me almost 200 grand. Okay. So that gives you an idea of the house. Two months after we moved in, my family's inside sleeping. I'm out in the pool at night. Pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego because that's really what it was. I built this Mm -hmm. house, proved the world I was good enough, that I mattered. And I'm looking up at this thing and I got really depressed. And I mean, not just bummed. I mean, I was really bummed. And, and I'm like, what the hell? I had just achieved success times a thousand by societal standards. How could I feel bad? And what, when I look back on it, I realized there were two things happening. The first one relates to goals, which is why I wanted to remember it. Guys, never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need Mm. a vision for your future. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. But there was something bigger going on. And that is, I was totally focused on Rod. Rod, Rod, Rod. Show the world I'm good enough. Show them I matters. And, and, you know, try to prove myself to people that could care less. And luckily, you know, I went and bought a bunch of books from thought leaders and, and motivational speakers, things like that. I got Zig Ziglar, you know, Dale Carnegie, Tony Robbins. Well, I'm about halfway through Tony's book and I'm like, man, I'm really liking this stuff. And so right. I went to his, I went to his event. I was blown away, of course. And if you can ever see Tony, just do it. Trust me. You'll be, you'll thank me. You know, and, and I actually followed him around the planet for about 20 years after that. But back then, 20 years ago, I saw that he fed families for the holidays because he had an experience when he was growing up and, and I, it really resonated with me. I'm like, that's really cool. Actually do something for other people. What a concept, which I hadn't thought of up to that point, right. you know, which is embarrassing to admit. But so I got home, I decided to feed some families. And and the third family changed my life. You know, we called churches, found out who really needed help. And this third family was a single mom with five kids. And she was in this, it wasn't even really a one bedroom. It was like a wannabe one bedroom. And so we bought big boxes of food. It was for Thanksgiving and big frozen turkeys and roasted, you know, aluminum roasting pans because we knew she wouldn't have one and toys for the kids. We found out if they had kids and, and brought toys. And so she comes out, she sees the boxes of food and on the on her porch and, and she starts crying. Her kids come out, the older ones start crying. I start crying and I'm hooked. We've done, you know, tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. In fact, we're going to feed a thousand families uh, a week from, from Saturday uh, here oh, in wow. Sarasota. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for their officers to keep in their vehicles if they encounter a child that needs to be comforted. And I'm not trying to brag again, guys, but I'm here to tell you, those of you listening, I know if you're listening to to Justin and Keisha, you want success. And I'm here to tell you success without that piece is not success. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between success and fulfillment. And in fact, Tony calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. And I was unfulfilled. And, you know, I interview people on my podcast and, you know, and, and, and like I was telling you guys, we're about to hit 7 million downloads. So it's, it's wow. uh, really well received. Absolutely. And, and um, I've interviewed, you know, mega, mega millionaires on my show. And, and I can some, I can sense when they're like, I was back then totally focused on themselves, not giving back in any fashion. And guys, that's not success. Okay. And, and so those of you listening, even if you, you're not where you want to be yet, incorporate giving back in some fashion into your life because your success will actually come faster. Okay. Whatever you give, you receive, but you'll be fulfilled as well. You know, we, we, so many people achieve to be happy, but you get so much further if you happily achieve. Hmm. So, so bring that contribution into your life. Anyway, wow. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but no, I want to share that before we got off. Wow. Topic. No, that's really, really powerful. 
I'm, I'm really at a loss for words. There's a lot of things in that what I just heard that I just you could play over and over and over again just to train your subconscious mind. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of books. I've read five or six hundred books on wow. motivation, money, business, success, because I wanted to really figure this thing out. And I come from a background just between you and I that is not anything like success. I don't I don't know. I didn't know what that looked like. So right. listening to this. I'm still learning so much. It's, it was so rich. So I appreciate your, uh, oh, your my, my pleasure, brother. Thank you for your kind words. You know, and, and, and so many people think they have to study, study the technical, but it's, it's not mm, that it's, yeah. it's, it's all between your ears. It's, it's, it's yeah. pushing through those, those mental barriers that we all have. It's pushing through those limiting beliefs that, you know, come from childhood experiences really have no basis in fact, but they hold us back, you know, like, mm. you know, my, my question I asked myself that I didn't even discover to lots of self-actualization was how can I show them I'm good enough? Cause I got picked on in school, you know, when I immigrated, I didn't speak English and I got picked on in school. I got, you know, I had, you know, the childhood BS that happens, but you know, these belief systems hold us back. And there's a reason that the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99% of the time they are, but yeah. you've got to have this fuel to push through them, to push through fear, to get uncomfortable. I mean, that's the worst thing when you're comfortable. And, you know, a comfort zone's a beautiful place, warm place, but nothing grows there. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, you know, if you're listening and you want more and you've got to do that side hustle to make it happen, you know, you've got to get the mindset down because that's that's the big piece. I wanna I wanna go into with the the time we have remaining, and we definitely want to highlight your podcast because with what oh, you've thanks. just given us, you, I mean, like I rec- highly recommend your podcast. Your, I've Thank watched, you. Um, you know, I'm, we're friends on Facebook, so I've seen some of the events you put on sold out crowds and people's Thank lives you. being changed completely. So I highly recommend the podcast, the seminars, the conferences. Oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in LA next. It's rod in Los Angeles.com. I appreciate you giving me yeah. a shout out on that. And, you know, on the podcast, by the way, I don't, you know, even if you're not interested in real estate, I do a clip every week on mindset and it's only five minutes. I mean, it's real bite size. I'm certain that's the secret to my success on the podcast. I, you know, it's funny. You want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I never plan to do anything that I'm doing right now, but you know, when the podcast becomes such a huge success, it's like, you know what, I'll start teaching. And, And I was a massive introvert too. So it's kind of funny, ironic that I'm in front of thousands of people a year now, but, uh, but thank you for the kind words, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Talk to us a little bit about the technical because I, you know, being an analyst, yeah, no, happy person, to. I want to talk about to. the 10 to, you know, 20 to 10, 20 percent that comes with sure. You lose 24 million, you got the psychology 50, uh, 50. The, I'm sorry, 50. <laughs> you made 17 million. Yeah, let's, let's, let's make the pain, let's make the pain bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, let, let me, t- you know, people always ask, how did you lose? I had 800 houses, I had multiple apartment complexes. How, how, how did it all fall apart? Yeah. Let me tell you why. Because I was focused on value instead of cash flow. In fact, I, I wrote a book about this. I gave away wow. 20,000 copies for free. It's called How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. I finally, my team was like, hey, you've given it away enough, uh, knucklehead. Put it on Amazon. Let's make some money with it. So it's, now it's on Amazon. But, but the, the subtitle is The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, i.e. the new rules are forget value, focus on cash flow. And so the reason I crashed and burned, I was actually at a 30% loan to value on my portfolio. Wow. So those of you who don't know what that means, I, I only owed 30 cents on the dollar and I still crashed and burned. And here's why. I had a lot of houses in flood zones and wind zones, which mean higher insurance, which affects what? Cash flow. 
I, right. Taxes here in Florida, because there's no state income tax, are higher on properties, which means what? Less cash flow. But the big thing was I had houses two hours north and two hours south and everywhere in between. Logistical nightmare, okay? Now, I thought I was golden because like everybody else, I thought the, the gravy train was going to continue. And by the way, guys, we are at that stage in the market right now. We are in a rational exuberance right now. So be very, very careful right now. But back to my story. So, so you know, I thought I was golden. And here's the, here's the, the, the big thing that killed me. So if I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, all the parts are the same. Plumbing's the same. HVAC's the same. Appliances are typically the same. So we could stockpile parts. So I could send a maintenance guy to one of my apartment complexes. They could get in and out in an hour. Boom, done. Well, if I had to send someone to one of my houses, let's say it's an hour away or an hour and a half away, they've got to go see what's wrong because everything's different. Then they got to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we'd have an account, get the parts, come back. And if you've ever fixed anything, you know how you get into something, you'll tear out a wall and you realize, oh crap, I need something. And what would take an hour at one of my apartment complexes would take all day at one of my houses. And when you multiply that times 800, that was one of the big reasons. And But then the last thing was a lot of my residents were contractors. They were um, tradesmen. They were plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters. And that all that fell off a cliff in 08. I mean, it was like a light switch went off. So they all, none of them had work. And, mm. and so that's why, you know, like we've bought a, you know, I'm back. I've, I bought a thousand doors in this year, uh, apartment complexes. But one of the biggest things we look at is jobs because jobs are the biggest driver with apartment complexes and with re- with rentals, period. So we're looking at at the diversity of the employment, we're looking at the employers, and we're looking for recession-resistant employment basis, okay? So, you know, not too much retail. You know, we want to see employers that are recession-resistant. We don't want one-horse towns, you know, where there's one big employer, and if that horse dies or leaves, the town's decimated, including military bases. You want a multiple diverse employment base. And, you know, again, this this is from my seminar, in fact, at my live events, I have this catchphrase, which is ask me how I know. And usually it's a painful, <laughs> painful reason. In fact, somebody even gave me a t-shirt that says, ask me how I know. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's hilarious. But anyway, so, so that's what happened back then. Now, the thing that I recognized and realized going through all that pain was, yeah, my houses were suffering, but my apartments were doing great. They would have survived easily. Sure, there was a pullback, but they would have survived of course, in my infinite wisdom, I thought, hey, I can get a better interest rate if I cross-collateralize and put packages oh. of houses with these apartment complexes, and, and boom, so everything went. But, and that's the reason I started my podcast, which is focused on multifamily, because it's my belief that if you're going to buy and hold, for God's sakes, do multiples of property. Do, at the very least, duplexes, you know, duplex, right. triplex, fourplex, but ideally do larger properties because they're more scalable. They're easier to manage. You will build your net worth faster. Frankly, they're as easy to buy as a house, sometimes easier because it's a team sport. You know, when you're, right. when you're buying a commercial piece of real estate, they look at the team. So even if you don't have a lot of income, you don't have a lot of money in the bank, you don't have a lot of experience, you can bring somebody on the team that satisfies all three of those requirements, give them a piece, and you're golden. You know, I don't know about you guys listening, but I'll take 50% of something over 100% of nothing any day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? I agree. So, yep. Right. Absolutely. So, so. And you came back from that that loss, and and that's how you did it. You figured out, okay, multifamily was the way to go, and you doubled down on the multifamily. Is and that and the I'm focus hearing? on cash flow. Focus, the focus on, cash, on flow. cash flow. Okay, so yeah. you went in, and you know, you said, okay, because 
if I'm listening to this right now, as I'm going to re-listen to it, if I'm listening to it from the audience's perspective, I start to think, okay, you lose $50 million. I can barely fan them losing 10,000, 50 million. How do I come back from that? And you're saying, okay, well, let's go out and buy more apartment complexes. Well, I don't have any credit. I don't have any money. You lose $50 million. I'm thinking, how do you actually logistically go out and do that? And I'm sure I have an idea, but just for the audience. Well, again, own. it's a, it's it's a team sport. Okay, now now I was blessed that my podcast took off. In fact, my early episodes, I, I used to tell people, I'll never sell you anything. I just want to add value. I want you to know what I went through. And, and then I thought, you know, I'll, I'll be able to get investors from it because I hate asking for money. And of course, it's done all that. If I mention a deal, you know, our phones ring off the hook. But the other piece that has been such a blessing is, you know, I have 300 plus coaching students and, and I'm speaking four times a year now across the country, you know, five, 600 people, all investors and people keep coming back to my events because it's a team sport. Okay. It's not about you individually. It's about the people you bring in. So, you know, you can, you can put two, three, four, five people together, satisfy any requirement that a bank would have and go out there and take down a property. People get a piece for bringing equity. People get a piece for putting up the at-risk capital. People get a piece for the asset management. Deals get carved up infinite numbers of ways. And you can go out there and do this business. That's why it's so exciting. Because it's not, you know, with, with a single family, duplex, triplex, or fourplex, they are going to look at you individually. But five plus units is commercial. And they look at the team. They look at the property's ability to service the debt. They have what's called a debt service coverage ratio, and the banks want to see 1.25%. And let me give you, let me let me explain what that is. So it's it's calculated annually. So let's say that your net income on a property is well. Let's let me back up. Let's say that your mortgage payments annualized are a hundred thousand dollars. So if you over the year you pay a hundred thousand on your on your debt, your mortgage payments, but your your net income is a hundred and twenty five thousand. That's a 1.25% debt service coverage ratio. And that's what the, that's the minimum most banks will, will consider. Now, you know, we, we look for more than that. But the point is, they're going to look at the property's ability to service the debt. And, and then they're going to want to see a net worth equal to the loan amount, typically. And they're going to typically want to see post-closing liquidity. After, you know, after you put up the money for the property, after closing, they're going to want to see 10% of the loan amount in the bank in liquid. Okay? But again, you can satisfy both those requirements with a doctor or somebody that's high net worth, depending upon the size property you buy. We're looking at a $60 million asset right now. We're going to have to pull together you know, a few people to put that net worth together. I don't have that kind of net worth yet. Again, it's team. It's a team sport. It's a beautiful thing. I like, how you, I like how you said that. I don't have that yet. So, right. you know, there's a yet's key to the it. operative word. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> there's a key there. I, I want to I really drive home um, as we wrap up the idea. So, you just gave not only myself, but everybody listening, the key to how you came back from that $50 million L. You added value to other people through your podcast, through your seminars, through your conferences, adding value, teaching people what you did wrong and showing them how to do it correctly, one. And then two, buying multifamily assets that are cash flowing using the team. And you yeah. broke down what that team looks like. So if you don't have the credit, go find somebody who's a credit partner. If you don't have the money, go find somebody who has the money. If you don't know how to get the money, go find somebody who has the ability to go get the money. Finding where you're weak and building a strong team. And then you just hammered it home by when you said, we're looking at a $60 million asset. Well, let's put together a few people who have that liquidity balance 
in that asset balance on their balance sheet so that they can go out, you can go in and take down a bigger asset than you could take down by yourself. Right. Let me circle back to one thing you said, and that is adding value. Guys, the wealthiest people on the planet are the ones that add the most value. And so figure out how you can add more value. Now, we live in the greatest time on earth so far and social media is so incredible. I mean, I was telling you guys before we started recording on YouTube, my videos were watched for 30,000 hours last yeah. year. And we're on track to greatly exceed that this year. It just blew me away. My podcast, 7 million downloads. I'm in 50,000 years a week. You know, that was, un- and that didn't cost me anything. So guys, take advantage of social media to add value like, like Justin and Keisha are doing here as well. So, because you can build a brand that way. But, yeah. but, but the key, the key thing is adding value. You know, I've got, I've got thank you cards on my wall behind me here and I have hundreds, literally hundreds. And every day I get usually on average three either personal mess, private messages, emails, or, or handwritten thank you cards from people whose lives I've impacted. And there's no greater gift guys. So, and I'm sure, you know, Keisha, you and Justin experienced this as well. And, and keep, use that mantra, use that giving back, adding value mantra, because it will, your success is inevitable when you do. If you all didn't catch that earlier, rodinlosangeles.com, he's going to be you. there speaking. I, I mean, Oh, let me mention one thing I forgot. I've got a free gift. If you're interested in multifamily, if you're not, then this isn't for you. But if you're interested in multifamily, on my website, I, you know, I, I don't give away my book anymore. So I created a, like a due diligence checklist tool book for multifamily. It's, it's almost 70 pages. It's, it's like gold. We use this to evaluate properties. It's got every possible question you can think of. And it's on rodcleef.com, K-H-L-E-I-F, rodcleef.com. And it's free, for God's sakes, the, the price is right. So get there it if go. you're interested in multifamily, because it will really help you in your evaluation. There you go, rodcleef.com. If you didn't catch it, there it is. He's got a free gift for you. Go there, download it. As always, we truly appreciate you taking time to share with our listeners, share with us the infinite amount of wisdom that you just Thanks, dropped. Buddy. I mean, Thank we you, usually yes. go through like a, a golden nugget kind of thing. I mean, I got pages upon pages of golden nuggets and just, <laughs> yes. and just things to help with mindset. So, well, and just the passion too behind what oh, you're thanks. doing. I just, it's Thank infectious. You. Yes. You can just hear it. It's, yeah. Uh, you go to events for the transference <laughs> of feelings and I'm, I'm feeling that right now. So I appreciate, oh, I'm thanks. like, I'm going to go down and run through a wall right now. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, so, let me, let me invite you guys. If you ever want to come to one of my events as my guest, please just email my team. We'd love to have you there. Okay. Absolutely. So, I appreciate that. Right. I appreciate my that. My pleasure. All right, my friends, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and those of you listening, go make it happen. It, this is life isn't a dress rehearsal. Go make it happen. Yeah. Take care, guys. We'll see you later. Thank All right. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.